morning. Pretty energized there. You need to come to my house. We have like 20 plus people where like every room someone's sleeping in, it's like their bedroom. So I'm here this morning as like a reprieve and a rest away from my house, which is nice. Well, it's good to be here this morning. Uh, how many of you are thankful for your Christmas morning? Did you guys have a good Christmas morning? Yeah, thankful? Yep. It's interesting opening up gifts because I find that, I don't know if you go through this progression, but you open up a gift and it's a quickly an evaluation, right? Let's just be honest. It's an evaluation. Do I really need this? Do I really like this? I mean, there's just a lot of things going through your head, right? One of the things I, I recognize, though, very quickly is uh, when you get a gift, do you think about what it costs the person? Not necessarily financially, but the effort. So this year, uh, in the Christmas Eve service, as you guys remember, I talked about the stereo my parents had and the record player, right? I had no idea. My wife bought me a record player. So I got these old albums that I grew up with. Um, I did not get Diane the Ross and the Supremes. I do want that still, and if you have that, I would like that. Um, <laughs> like, I, I got these old records. It's so funny. Um, but I thought for a moment, wow. Trish had to think through this. She, she had to research this. There was a lot she had to do to get uh, where that, that gift was wrapped and purchased. and It was just amazing. So I was very grateful. There's a Chinese proverb that says, when drinking a glass of water, when drinking water, remember the spring. I think it's interesting. How quickly we forget when it becomes so commonplace for us, even for a simple drink of water, but even for Christmas morning and all that that happens. Interesting enough, I think this is what happens in a year. So we have this year, right? What happens after Christmas morning? All the radio and television programs are what? All of the best and worst of the year, right? All the programs, the best and worst songs, the best and worst movies, news reports. And, and I, it's interesting because we review. And one of the things that been, I've been really kind of um, pushing, it's probably the best way to put it, and, and trying to challenge, but really pushing, I have to just be honest, it's been pushing, is that remembering what God's done and rem not forgetting where the spring came from. And there was a lot that happened this year around here, uh, probably in your lives, in my life. This is a show of hands. How many of you had a prayer answered this year? God, you saw God answer a prayer. Raise your hand really high. Yeah. So you're going to have a chance to share those, like, in, in a little bit. Because those are powerful. This is not new. I want to talk about what it means to remember. The Israelites, when they're in, really, the, the Exodus period, where they were, had left Egypt and they were wandering in the desert, needed to come up with ways to remember. They didn't have journals. They didn't have uh, iPhones. They couldn't do Instagram. So what they did... They piled stones. Now, there's a couple reasons why they piled stones, but one of those was so that they could remember. When God did something, they wanted to mark that spot and say, we want to remember. The, the passage in Joshua chapter 4 is an interesting one, and it, it sheds some light 
on this remembering. It says, on the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. So the Israelites are getting ready to take on Jericho. But what happens here is Joshua sets up at Gilgal the 12 stones. They, they take 12 stones matching the 12 tribes of Israel. They had taken out of the Jordan, and he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean, tell them. So they're piling these stones, and they're going to they're gonna talk about God parting the Red Sea, but also parting the Jordan, because he does it twice. But there's something interesting here. He says, tell them. The stones don't talk. You have to tell them. You have to say something. So this year at our Christmas party, Trish and I usually do a gift, and for our staff, spouses, and elders and spouses, we made these custom journals with a sticker that just says, remember. Because we're going to talk about this in a moment, and I think one of the things as Christians that we don't do often, especially here in, in Wisconsin, it tends to be that we're a very social people, but we're private. And so a lot of times conversation kind of rests on the surface, but doesn't go that layer underneath. And the layer is to tell when God did something. In fact, Mark Batterson writes that when we don't tell, it's a potential prideful thing that you keep inside that really maybe eliminate some of the impact that it could have on someone that needs to hear it. The Israelites, they hear this from Joshua, tell them that Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before, before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done in the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. Verse 24, he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. The first prerequisite is that you tell them. You've got to tell people. I want to, in this time, just take some moments to just reflect on the year. I'm doing this not just to review. It's not like we're getting graded. I want to review. Do I want to surface some of the spring? that God might have done around you or in you this year. So let's just reflect about what you remember for this year. Now, again, we're not getting graded for this, so don't worry. In fact, one year I actually pulled a bunch of people in and said, all right, tell us what the best series were of the year. It was dead silent. Even some staff members, they go, what, what series did we do? And I thought, oh my gosh, here we think they're so impactful. Um, but I do remember things you handed out. That's what was fun. Uh, we started our year off with leadership launch. How many of you went to leadership launch you know, last year sometime? You went at all? Yeah, we started leadership launch, and that was uh, a, really a, a Friday and a Saturday for us to get familiar with some of the leadership principles of what it means to be really members of a church body, to be a part of the family of God. And we did that, and it was very powerful for us. And even kind of switching on how we do our covenant about being a part of our church body. Uh, our first series was Epic, The Amazing Local Church. Remember the roller coaster ride video? Did anybody remember that series? It's just a few of you? Okay. Pretty exciting for you. It feels like that, that was the year, right? It was a fast year. 
And I remember the whole video as a roller coaster ride kind of series of sequences. It feels like, how many feel like this year went really fast from January to December? Yeah. I don't know if that's an age thing, like it just feels faster and faster. I know when I ride roller coasters now, I have to be done after about three or four. Um, it feels like that whiplash right now. Our second series was Words to Live By, 28 Days of Matthew. Do you, anybody remember that one? Yeah. 28 Days of Matthew. Uh, we plowed through uh, that first gospel, and uh, what, a, what a great series. Grace Anatomy. Anybody remember that series? Yeah? I had somebody shout out in the, the first service. That was the best series. And it was like, well, okay, I shouldn't tell you about the rest of them then, but it was fun. Grace Anatomy. Gosh, the unmerited favor of God. Uh, very powerful series. Ecclesiastes series. Remember that one? Wisdom. Oh, that, that was the best one. There you go. So now we have a little bit of a, a, a battle between series. Yeah, this was a powerful series for us. Uh, then we had I Am Community. Um, remember that series? And how many people bought shirts? Just, just a few of you. How many bought shirts and never picked them up? Because there are some of you. What size? <laughs> Oh, nice, nice, nice. Uh, the Authentic Soul was next. We did, we did a whole series on that. Um, and then we finished with God with us in our series. And just some moments that happened. So there's just series. But there are a lot that happened. I remember John Dixon again coming back this year? Uh, he was actually back twice this year. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of like a, a, a buddy of ours that keeps uh, coming back. Uh, remember Joe and Arliss shared, and then we had the Vandervelden family up on the stage about the history of our church and how the property came. Remember that series? Uh, Mark and Christine. I, it's just a funny picture of them, which I love. Um, Christine's got that face of, you're hugging just a little too much here for this picture, but I love it. I know she loves it too. Uh, hey, but we felt that way about getting Mark and Christine. Finally, you know, someone for the operations area of our entire church. Um, for finance and stuff, and I could hug them that way, like, yes, I don't have to do budget, good. But God was faithful, too. We had a, a $1.7 million projected budget, came in at 2.1. That's, that's a God thing. I mean, that really is, and that's, again, testimony to, to God moving in your hearts. Uh, our Global Leadership Summit, how many people went to the Leadership Summit this year? Over 300, we had about 300 people there. Uh, that was very large for our first, uh, first site. First time being a site, uh, very exciting. Weird animals. How many of you went to the weird animals? Kids, any of you kids went to the weird animals? There you go. Was that fun? Yeah? That was our VBS this year. Jamie George, remember Jamie George? Uh, that was the, just so you remember, that was where most people came out to our church the weekend that the senior pastor was gone is where our highest attendance was for Jamie. It's not a wound or anything, just saying it. Um, Jamie George. And then we had All Sons and Daughters. How many went to that? Yeah, that this year. That was really fun to have them here. It was a blessing to have them here. Uh, Feed My Starving Children. Yeah, we ended up packing a half a million meals and had about 2,500 volunteers, nine churches. How many of you are part of that? Yep, uh, God was good there blessing. 
And then we finished off uh, with our Christmas Eve services. And I'm sure there's a bunch more Christmas Eve, yeah, which is awesome. So there's this verse in Revelation, and Mark Batterson talks about this, and I think this is really, this will set us up for a time to talk. It says, they triumphed, meaning the believers who follow Jesus, uh, over the evil one by the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Christ, and by the word of their testimony. Uh, testimony is, is uh, a word that's very similar into giving witness or to testify. And the word pops up throughout the scripture that when you witness something, you would then bring a testimony or testify that giving evidence that it happened. And so when we talk here about this idea of remembering, I believe one of the things that we dishonor the work of God in our lives is when we don't speak the work that he's done in and around our lives. So you're going to find that I have been pushing is I'll say to our staff, what's God doing? And if it's silent, it drives me nuts. They know that. And, you know, it's part my own stuff and junk, but I, I want to hear it. Because I don't know about you, but I, like those Israelites, when I see the pile of stones, I want to know what happened. And I want someone to tell me, here's what happened. Here's what happened in my life. Here's what's happening around my life. And I feed off of what God's doing. I don't feed off of, you're a great pastor. You could say that, just a little. <laughs> but no, really, I get more energy and more life when I hear, here's what God's doing. Here's what God's doing. Even if it's not related to programs, even if it's not related to anything we've scheduled, here's what God's doing. That brings testimony to me and reminds me that there's a God that's so much bigger than anything else we plan. And so we're to tell people. So I want to ask you, what did you witness God do this year in your life and around your life? So uh, Mike and Harper are going to roam, roam around with mics. Uh, now, here's what I'm going to ask you just for qualifications purposes. We're not looking for you to affirm a person. What we want to do is give testimony to what God's doing. That's first. Second, some you really want to preach right now. And I'm going to say, please don't, because um, I am this morning. But I would schedule you at a later time if you want to take the 40 minutes to do it on your own. No, if you could just keep it short, because we have 20 minutes, and we want to get as many in as possible. But here's, the, here's what we want to hear. What did, you, what did you witness this year around you? That's God. It could be in your life. It could be around what God's done in church and community here. I don't know where, but that's what we want. And so if you raise your, when you, uh, raise your hand anytime when you're ready, and then you just need to tell us who you are, all right? And then kind of just tell uh, how you've, you've bared witness to God doing something. So who's going to get us started this morning? Kids, you can do it too. I got someone in the very back, someone over here. Where's Mike? By the way, Mike's going to a Packer game today. It's his first time he's been to a Packer game as not a reporter. So he doesn't have to write an article about this. He might have face paint on 
And he may not have a shirt on, like just the big G on his chest. So look for him on TV. Anyway, just had to do that to Mike. Anyway, why don't you go ahead? This is a story that Tell began. Me Tell oh, me my name is Lynn. Um, this is a story that's been going on for several years, but came to fruition this year. Uh, several years ago, I was struggling with several medical issues that I didn't know what they were, and uh, one of which was depression. And I felt at that time like I didn't have any hope, like I didn't have anything to look forward to, even though I knew the Lord. So uh, when I went to see the doctor, the last thing she said before I left her office was, don't lose hope, we'll figure this out. I came to Christmas Eve services that year, and Pastor Troy, you talked about three doors. I don't remember the first two, but the third one was hope. Mm. And I began to see a pattern. Shortly after, I, uh, uh, um, I have a Jewish friend who came to visit me at my house, and she was looking at the ornaments on my tree while I was in the kitchen. And she said, these are really pretty. You should leave some of these out all year long. And I said, well, which one are you looking at? She said, this one. It says hope on it. Then I went to see my nutritionist, and she, uh, after I left her office, I told her this story. After I left, she picked up her mail and almost threw out her junk mail, but it, something made her open one of the envelopes. Inside was a little card that she gave me the, the next time I saw her, and inside were in big orange letters the word hope. So as I went through all of this, I began to realize that God gave me that story not only for me, because those medical issues and the things that were dragging me down are beginning to be resolved, but he gave me the word hope. And oh, I forgot to mention too, shortly after that, a friend gave me a ring with the word hope on it. And uh, I began to realize that God gave me the word hope, not just for myself, but to share it with others. And I've been dying for a chance to share this story, and this is it. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Lynn. Amen. Go ahead, Harper. Hi, my name is Marilyn Bazett-Jones. I'm sitting here with my granddaughter, born this year, about the anniversary of um, Ted's passing, the first year after, and I'm blessed with a brand new, healthy baby granddaughter. And some of my family is around me today. I couldn't feel more blessed. Um, my daughter, it was a 10-year prayer to have her come back home, and she has moved back. Um, so that is a wonderful answer to prayer. And um, when we had the series on um, Draw the Circle, um, almost everything I drew a circle around is now answered or far, far improved. Wow. Um, my kids all have jobs. Um, four people that were sick with cancer have recovered. It's just amazing. Wow. God is amazing. Thanks, Marilyn. God asking prayer. Who else? And again, if, if you can keep them as brief as possible so we can kind of get as many in as we can just to hear what God's doing. Witness. Stand up. Yep, you got to stand and tell Hi, us Hi, my are. name is Darcy, and I just thought probably more of you have been watching the news than just me, but um, it's not personal in a sense, but it's amazing as Americans. I have three children in the military, and I've been watching this thing with ISIS, 
And you know, there's a huge refugee camp over there. And all those people from Syria have fled. And Americans are the ones. God is what we stand for in Christ. We, as a country, are feeding literally hundreds and hundreds of refugees in Jesus' name, in God's name, from ISIS, with our soldiers fighting. You know, I don't, God is the one that causes the rise and fall of nations. And America, what we do in this little community, touches big lives. Thank you, thank you, yeah. What has God done? What are you seeing him do? Harper, you got a bunch over there. Mike, you got something? Oh, I can start. Um, my name's Ian. Um, I've grown up in Green Bay community, and um, I've always had a personal relationship with the Lord, so that's been a beautiful thing. But um, one thing that we, I think it was actually this year, Troy, I don't know, maybe last year, but um, there, was, there was a time where you were talking about how we as Christians, but really generally we as people with our own motives, we have kind of our list of people, our list of people in our lives who maybe, for instance, specifically, may never come to Christ just based on their lifestyle, based on their beliefs, based on the positions that they're in in life. Um, we do carry those lists. And I myself, I remember hearing that, and I had one person in mind. Um, she was someone that I met in college, a very dear friend. We grew many affinities together, and um, we continue to be friends in spite of our major differences um, morally, uh, in many ways, spiritually. Um, she was a very outspoken atheist, and I, I'm not sure if she still is. We haven't really had that deep of a discussion, but I remember just at the very beginning of this year when I was um, making plans to move back to Milwaukee, where I live now, um, I was, I was heavy on, she was heavy on my heart, and we, we ended up talking, and out of nowhere, she brought up that, just slipped into conversation, oh yeah, I'm going to church on Sunday. And this is the, this is the type of person that, who, a person whom I love so dearly, but we had skipped over that, that whole spiritual side, because we learned very quickly right away that that was a hot topic. Let's just not go there if we want to salvage a relationship. Um, and since then, she's been seeing someone um, who apparently has quite an influence in her life um, and has shown her the love of God. But one thing that I thought was just so beautiful from this story, and I'm sorry I'm being long-winded, but it's important. Um, what was so beautiful was that I never really sat down and evangelized with this girl. I never really sat there and just said, you need to understand what, what Christ has done in my life. This was something that was totally through God's Holy Spirit in me and so many others, I'm sure. But I, I was just so blessed to be used in that way. And if I could just give anything from this year to the congregation is that we are called to, to tell our story and we are called to spread the, the word of God and to spread his love. But particularly we're called to live in him and he lives through us and touches the lives of others and he touched my best friend so it's only god's stuff right okay shorter shorter i'm gonna push i'm not mean i'm just i'm keeping us so we get as many 
Hi, I am Ezekiel. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I graduated high school last May, and I was asking God, God, what do you want me to do in my life? And I had no idea. I didn't want to go to college. He didn't put that on my heart. And so I started praying. Um, my older brother, Eli, he had the call to go to India and do missions work. And so he's over there. He's been there for five months. So I'm like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? So I did some praying, and I felt like he laid Africa on my heart. And so um, I applied to an organization in South Africa, and I got denied. And that was, um, I was actually going to, I had a graduation party um, the night before they declined um, my application. And so I was like, okay, God, maybe that's not what you want me to do. And so um, I did a lot more praying for three or four weeks, and then he opened up another um, ministry in um, Uganda, Africa, and um, he kept opening doors, um, funds started coming in, and then I got accepted, and so I'm going to Uganda in February for a year. That's exciting. Hey, when are you leaving? When are you leaving? February 7th? Next week, uh, Peter's going to be here. He's from Uganda. He lived on the streets, and he grew up here. We're having him back, so. Oh, you do? But you can drive here. All right, let's keep them short, and what did God, what did you see what God do this year? Short and sweet. My name is Peggy Stewart, and I've been coming here since 2011, and God put it on my heart in 2011 that I need to be a nurse. I'm not smart enough to be a nurse. I'm not smart enough to go back to school. I'm in my 40s. What the heck? And he goes, Peggy, leave it to me. Every paper, every test, all the, all the medical math, I'm horrible at math. Math sucks. <laughs> Not my strong suit. But the miracle is, I am getting there. In May, I'll graduate with my LPN. This is God's plan. And my son witnessed it time and time again. Shouldn't have got an A on that paper. Shouldn't have got an A on that test. And God is continuing to show me. This is my plan for you, Peggy. Keep it up. I'm a work in progress. And he shows me all the time what a blessing that he has bestowed on me. That's great. So, but he's sending me somewhere, and I don't know. That's so. awesome. Thank you for sharing that. All the way in the back. Hi. My name is Gerald Kamke, and my wife had been ailing since April. And about uh, three months ago, I went and during communion, I went up by the uh, cross and I prayed for God to take her pain away. And about two weeks later, she passed away. And that was his way of taking care of the pains. That's it. Mm. Others, where's Mike? Does he, oh, there he is, sorry. Um, my name's Adam, and I had a really, really interesting year, let's put it that way. Um, to make a long story very short, um, after one particular incident, I woke up wondering, why? What will it take for God to just let me go and get up to heaven and be home and blah, blah, blah? Well. After that, I began to realize how much I really have been trying to control, you know, my life, controlling circumstances, and I just 
said to God, well, if you want me here, you're going to have to do everything. And I've been at peace ever since. Mm, amen. He still wants you around, Adam. He's got work for you to do, so you're not going yet. Go ahead in the back. Uh, my name is Kelly, and I can't stand because I have a handicapped foot. Um, so earlier, my, my father um, had been dying of cancer. Well, he was struggling with cancer. And when we knew that he was going to pass, he and I had a conversation. I'm a doubting Thomas at times. I said, okay, Dad, when you pass, um, can you just ask God to send me a sign that there really is a heaven and that you made it there? And so my dad um, put together his entire funeral, the, the, all the passages, the music. He passed away, he had the funeral. And um, about two weeks after that, I was said, I'm gonna open my Bible, it's been a month. I open my Bible and I always remember where I leave off. And I said, this is not where I left off. But I started reading and it was the exact passage from my dad's um, funeral, the one where you never know the day and time. Wow. How many of you watched somebody get baptized this year? Um, yeah, that, that's, those are God miracles, aren't they? I mean, that, that's probably one of my most favorite moments in our church kind of season is watching people stand up and make a visible proclamation of their faith. And that, to me, again, is another God-witnessing moment. So go ahead. Hi, my name is Mark. Uh, the short version... In 2013, December 3rd, my son Chet, we're not supposed to mention any names, but he had an aortic dissection. Uh, that's where the aortic artery, uh, valve will split rather than tear. And if one doctor said it, 15 doctors said that he should have died. He actually, they are dead on the table. And after that, so then 2014 was a year that uh, my wife and I, we just didn't know the valve was still leaking. And, but that healed through the year. And he's back to normalcy, a different kind of normalcy, but yet still normalcy. Uh, through that beginning of the year, we said we got to do something. I, I, together, I have to thank God. I was born a Catholic and a uh, struggling, lost Catholic. But we found this church. We found Troy. We found all of you. And every day just gets better for us. And I would thank you all. Thank you. That's awesome. And Mike, there's somebody way back there too. Uh, where's Harper? There she is. Okay. Hi, my name is Corey. Um, this year was a tough year for <clears throat> our family as well as our little baby was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And at that point in my life, I, I'm a physical therapist, so I thought I'd never just anything but a child with this type of painful disease. And I knew that I needed strength, and I knew that I needed something to make me better to be able to take care of him. And I just ask God to help me, and he brings me here each week, and we look forward to being here. And we're able to make him a happy, healthy little guy each day that we can. Yeah. I'm Matt Kowalczyk, and um, about a year and a half ago, um, oh, everyone just turned around. Hi. Um, <laughs> About a year and a half ago, uh, God provided for me um, my beautiful wife, and uh, it was in a time that I was not looking. And, but at that time, we uh, became a blended family, which is a very appropriate name when you try to bring a bunch of people together that don't know each other. 
Um, and uh, during that time, what could be a very tumultuous time, there's a lot of prayer that went into this. First of all, he gave me a partner that was as on fire for the Lord as I am. And uh, my daughter got baptized. Uh, my son posted on Face Graham book thing, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Face Graham. You have started a new business right there. I, I, right there. Anybody want in? Um, after church. But, um, but he posted that, you know, it's not about the gifts. It's not about anything. It's about family, and it's about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, my wife and I were actually in Florida, and the kids were with their other uh, parents, and I've seen Hunter grow in his faith, and he actually came to church as a 17-year-old man by himself here. Um, so because of this church and because of God, what could be a horrible, really tough, tumultuous time has just been phenomenal, and um, thank you. Amen. God's glory. God's glory. Again, as best you can, we only have a little bit more time. Uh, my name is Michael Fraze, and um, about six years ago, I had a friend in high school, I was a freshman, and um, you know, I kind of tried to talk to her about God and church and stuff, and you know, it just wasn't really there, and um, you know, God blessed me, and today I'm able to uh, sit next to her at a church service, so that's, that's awesome. just really been a blessing. That's awesome. had to get a surgery because something was wrong with him and I think it was something with his foot and the doctor completely messed up the surgery and Steve went paralyzed and all he could move was his hand and later in June after the surgery he started walking and I just didn't know how to react because everyone was going this we met this guy at a campground and everyone was going through a tough time because everyone's like family there so we didn't know what to do and when we saw the video of him walking we just like were so happy and we didn't know what to do it was just the greatest thing that happened that year mm, that's exciting that's good isn't it? I think we have time for one more hi I'm Shelly um I don't remember everything you say in all your sermons but what <laughs> there <laughs> There was one that really hit me about forgiveness and forgiving others, um, not because they deserve it, but, but God forgave us and we didn't deserve it. Yeah. And I really prayed and said, Lord, search my heart if there's anybody I need to forgive. Mm. And he just hit me, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I have a, a prodigal daughter that um, he gave me unconditional love to forgive some of the things that have been going on and it was like a weight was lifted. And um, my sister forgave me for being envious of that she's retired and living the life of leisure. Um, and with, by God's grace, um, she forgave me. And um, then I had an ex that I hadn't talked to for two years. And um, I was confronted with him in person. And he asked me, why aren't you talking to me? And anyway, um, God gave me the grace to um, forgive him. And I'm black as number. And, when, and he said to me, you know, sometimes I have a bad day. And I just need somebody to talk to also and it's just been amazing. it was like three and I asked show me people that I need to get over you know this resentment or um, unforgiveness and it was amazing it was absolutely God's hand in my life so amazing 
Well, Bobby and the team are going to come back out, and just just to wrap up, God's doing things in your life. He's giving you water. What he requires of you is that you remember the spring, where it came from. And in that, he requires that you tell people. That's what testimony is. It doesn't have to be a dramatic thing. It could be a small answered prayer. And isn't it amazing? Some of your stories that you just shared are touching someone else in this room that needed to hear that. That's the beauty of community. Not the programs, not the stuff we're doing. It's, it's the stories of God working. And, and as a church this year, we have a lot to celebrate that God's done in and through us. And, and God's worked in me, and there's stuff that I'm bearing witness to what God's doing in my life, around my life. As we go to communion this morning, my encouragement is to you is to bear witness. Go with someone and bear witness to what God's done in your life. Maybe share something with a spouse or, or some of your kids or a friend and say, this is what God did this year. This is what I saw him do. That encourages us, doesn't it? It pulls us together. It reminds us to be committed and, and still called to this, uh, this struggle to live in this life and to live a godly life. Gosh, when we hear this, we know he exists and we know he's real. And so when we see these or hear these stories, it's like piles of stones in our spiritual journey. Uh, we're called to tell. Tell others about that testimony. God, as we go to communion this morning, might you remind us of the springs, of where they come from, of, of where their source is, and that's from you. And God, might you be glorified this morning from us bearing witness to the great deeds that you've done in us and around us. We thank you in Jesus' name.